This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. From the ArmeniaProud.com studios. Genazit Hayed. This is a Toast to Armenia with Jono Kabinjian. A comprehensive look at the Armenian culture, only on lineupmedia.fm. My friends, Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Hey, Brian, we have a one-hour interview with uh, Anush. Anush has interviewed Anna Kachikian, yes. and she's a part of a show called The Report. The Armenian Report. The Armenian Report. And actually, you've gotten news from them for me to check out and uh, possibly yeah. even put on our uh, podcast at times. Uh, yes, I have liked their, their Facebook page, and uh, I check out the, their, their other stuff. They produce a lot of really great content, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing this interview with Anna, uh, especially because you know she's the host of the Anna Report. Right. And you know what? It's great that Anush has expanded from just the wine now yes. she's uh, done this so thank you so much anush for uh, doing this interview and folks uh, i checked out this one uh, armenian uh, it was episode one it's called the new school comedy i think you guys should check it out if uh, you're armenian and which you are uh just check this one out it's called new school armenia or new school comedy, I'm sorry, and that was episode one they had, and I kicked back with Armenians from Armenia, at you know at our friend's house, and we watched it. It was really kick ass. I loved it. I loved it. So yeah, you, that was you episode were, one. You were talking all about it this morning. So yeah, it was it was kind of like you just kick back. They have stand up. They have a uh, more like a little improvs and stuff like that. It was kind of cool. I assume it's in Armenian though. It's all in Armenian. Oh, yeah, yeah. You just have to learn. <laughs> or you know what uh, if they could have subtitles that would be even cool too because there's a lot of armenian words that i'm still not familiar with but mm. you know what it's it's good to kick back and watch that with friends from armenia so yeah we watched episode one and it was really good and i definitely recommend that out for you guys it's called new school comedy it's a armenian comedy show so in any case uh moving on the armenian news i was kind of proud of our new Armenian government. I know that uh, this is kind of getting political, but uh, our defense minister, David Tonoyan, he kind of called out the, the Zeris and said, you know what, if you guys attack us again, we will not only fend you off, but we will take more of your so-called Azeri land. And it really, really put a... It, it, uh, headlines throughout armenia and the diaspora i mean we're kind of proud of that because we didn't know what to expect with uh, nicole pashinian's new government are they going to be uh, are, are they going to have a softer stance on uh, the zeris and all this but no we came up uh, saying hey don't mess with us they and drew I, a line I, in the sand and yeah we're like, I, that's don't cross this or we're moving the line Exactly, because, you know, we've always heard those kind of rhetorics from the Azeri side, but now the Armenian side said, you know what, we're getting tired of this. You take, you, you, you attack us, you do something to us, you know what, we'll take more of your so-called land, too. Yeah. And he said this in New York, uh, talking to, you know, Armenians uh, in the West and all that, and I was kind of proud of him on that. And, uh, 
And, you know, our soccer team, our national team, they played Bosnia pretty good. They played pretty good. I mean, they lost two to one. Um, but you know what? They dropped, I think they dropped, the one they, what we dropped here? I think we dropped the 106th place in the world ranking now. And uh, we got to change things around here, guys. I know we're playing good, but we're just not getting that big W or that draw that we need. Uh, we can't have these losses. We lost to Bosnia. We lost to Finland. Come on. We got to bounce back here and make things happen. All right? I, I don't want to take too much of uh, more time on the Anush's interview. Let's roll with that one. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Armenia Proud, a toast to Armenia. This is the segment with Anush where I typically get to talk about wine or interview wine professionals, professionals who are in the wine industry. Today, I have a very special guest, a good friend whom I met through wine, and she loves wine too, and she's actually pouring some sparkling wine right now. <laughs> I have a journalist, Anna Khachikyan. Uh, for those um, who, who know and follow uh, her on the Armenian Report and the Honor Report. Hi, Anna. How are you? Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm over here cleaning up the Laborondi. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me and um, inviting me over to your beautiful and bright place. I love it. I can see where all the magic happens. Yes, thank you so much for coming. This is, <laughs> this is, we're sitting in the room uh, where half the room is where I shoot the Anna report and the other half of the room is where I shoot the Anna Armenian report. And then uh, this is my office we're sitting in. I love it. Um, I, I moved from my office bedroom, mm -hmm. it's like a spare room, that's a bedroom that I use as an office into the living room because um, it's just so much more brighter here. I love it. I love, I love, I love uh, light. I love yeah. brightness. I can't, I can't when it's dark. Yeah. But, um, so I want you to tell about all the projects that you do, but I, first I wanted to tell how we met. Because yes. it is, um, it, it's very special and um, I'm, I'm sure you remember the last year, Mm -hmm. When uh, I was organizing uh, together with Stepan uh, Partaman the uh, Armenian Wine and Spirit Festival, Guinea Fest, mm -hmm. I was trying to promote and send the information to everyone and anyone, you know, who could um, uh, invite or who has an impact to invite more people. And I reached out to you and you responded and your response was, how can I help? Let me know what to do. Send me your flyer. And you were posting on Instagram, and that was actually very nice. Yes. Because was, a lot of people yeah. did get the message, and a lot of people saw my message, but not everyone chose to help. Because this yeah. was, it wasn't, you weren't helping only me. You were helping to promote Armenian wine and the winemakers mm -hmm. to, um, for their hard work and their achievements, you were Happy, cheerful, and supportive of that. Yeah. And thank you so much for that. Thank you. I was so excited when you reached out because um, to kind of take it back is I, I love wine, right? And uh, I've been collaborating with different wine brands on the Anna Report for three years. And throughout that whole time, I kept thinking, why don't I ever collaborate with Armenian wines? Like, I wish I could collaborate with Armenian. How do I... How well, do I do this? Whoever is listening, take that. Yeah, like how do I, you know, work anything that Armenian wine related so that now I'm combining two of my passions into mm -hmm. wine. 
into one, right? And then also if you have like a bad, um, you know, let's say, um, response from a wine company because you're reaching out you're talking to a bunch of different wineries Mm -hmm. some are really nice some are nice but then they just are not professional or whatever the case is right everyone works very differently and every time i would have this sort of experience i would think god i wish i wish i could work with like armenian wines but i don't know anyone so when you reached out, I was like, I manifested this. Like, um, like here it is. Like, this is an opportunity to, like, meet everyone that I need to meet and know so exactly. that I can combine these two worlds together and make it happen. So I was so excited, one, to hear from you and, and meet you. you. And two, I was especially really excited that there is this thing called Guinea Fest, which... Mm-hmm. I thought it had been going on forever, but yeah. I'm like, no, I'm right there in the beginning first, of things. First one, Stepanza, Stepanza idea, brilliant idea. I heard about it. I was so excited. I reached out to him. I said, anything and everything I can do because uh, that, that was just um, an amazing event, amazing yeah. opportunity. And now for the second one, thank you again for being part of our yes. team and helping us with... Uh, so really quick, I want to talk about what ended happening, ended up yeah. happening at Guinea yeah. Fest, right? So I show, no, no, no. I, I, I feel like when you're talking about Guinea Fest, I feel like I, I have to talk about what happened. So I show up at Guinea Fest totally, um, unaware of what to expect because the only wine I had from Armenia was this. I have it. I have the bottle over there. You can't see it. It's in like a, uh, like a pomegranate, pomegranate like shape. a really cool pomegranate shaped bottle that like mm-hmm. I saved the bottle, right? Yeah. But it was grape juice. Like <laughs> it was sweet sugar water and it was not good. And I thought, well, at least the bottle is really nice. So when I showed up at Guinea Fest, I thought I was just going to be drinking sugar water the whole time. And I was so pleasantly surprised by the amazing, I had one of the best white wines I've ever had in my entire life at Guinea Fest. And it was an Armenian wine. Do you remember which wine it is? I don't remember, but I took a picture of it. It's in my phone. Was it on the left or the right? What do you mean? The right tables or left tables or right tables? They were behind me. So they were to the right of you. To the right. Okay. It was it's that. Gotta be, it's gotta be. It was that. Or... It was that light wine, like a light white wine that you. It was. It would be the. Per, like I remember saying this specifically. I said this is the perfect white wine you drink when it's 115 degrees in LA, mm-hmm. and or in Palm Springs, and it's hot, and you want to have a cold drink. Mm-hmm. Flavorful. It was nice so acidity. Perfect. It Amazing. was. I'm, I'm a bit on the samanata. Oh, <laughs> that is, that is. I mean, thank you so much for your kind words. It's absolutely the the wines are wonderful. They are beautiful. Um, people need to, more people need to come and taste them and know for themselves. Buy Armenian wine. Support Armenian winemakers. I mean, this is the supporting the economy. It's not just like you know, it's. Yeah. But anyways, we can talk about wine forever. Yes. Okay. But I want to really share your story, your amazing work that you do. Thank you. Um, your dedication, your love to Armenia and everything about it. My first question is usually because um, I like to know the journey of a person. Um, where did they come from? 
how did they end up in certain place because that shapes you know who you are yeah it, it's like it's a, it's part of you so you are Armenian, obviously. Yes, and born and raised. Tell, <laughs> tell, tell, tell your story. How did you end up in the United States? Um, okay, so I was born and raised in Armenia, uh, in Yerevan, and um, my mom is a single mom. So when she, when we decided to visit, so after the Soviet collapsed, right? Mm-hmm. We decided to visit my uncle in the States, Glendale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was little, everyone was like, where are you going? Like, Glendale. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 10. So I, when we moved, well, when we visited mm-hmm. my mom, you know, she was 35. It's crazy because I'm 34 and my mom was yeah. 35 when yeah. she had a 10 year old. Right. It's crazy. And she, she made this decision that she's going to stay. Mm-hmm. We were just visiting. Yeah. She made this decision that she was willing to do anything and everything to stay. And um, this kind of goes back to, you know, there's this like um, advice that a lot of like really prominent people give is like, don't have a plan B. Because mm-hmm. when you have a plan B, you always feel like, well, if plan B doesn't work, I have plan B to fall on. My mom didn't have a plan B. She mm-hmm. kind of was like, plan A is this and I'm going to stay and make it work and that's it. That's amazing. Right? That's a courageous woman. She's she's unbelievable. And that's kind of the 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 model that I've subconsciously adapted without realizing it until two days ago. I had that aha moment on Sunday when I was interviewing Armin and we were talking about not having a plan B. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's what my mom did. Mm-hmm. She didn't have a plan B. She came here mm-hmm. and was like, I'm going to stay and make it work. And she had no plan. There was no like, well, if it doesn't work, maybe mm-hmm. I can like, you know, go to Russia yeah. or go back to Armenia. No, there was yeah. no plan B. This was it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she made it work. She's dedicated her entire life to me. And a part of me has always felt like I have to um, make, not make her proud, but like, when she retires, I have to be able to take care of her the way she took care of me. Mm-hmm. You have to be a team. Yes. That's, that's We're such a good team. team yeah. <laughs> we I mean, really that's, that's are. Even, when you are a family, you know, you are a team. And it's we are not, a team. You're not paying back, but you are contributing as a team member. And you yeah. want to be a strong, you have a strong core. Yeah. We are a good team. That is amazing. It's so, um, so inspiring. Yeah, you know, she's the best. She's yeah, like a superwoman. <laughs> so you came here, you stayed, um, went to school, obviously. Yeah. How did you decide to become a journalist or become go into that? Did something happen that you were like, okay, okay, you know, like take a microphone at home and say, report the story? So when I was little, I remember my grandpa, when I used to play with my grandpa, um, which is so weird because my grandpa was like, in politics and he was like this very strict like you know serious man Mm -hmm. but then with me he was like like grandpa grandpa and he would play so we would do these like interviews where we would pretend like we're i'm interviewing him and he's interviewing me that's like the initial memory that i have Mm -hmm. right so, but then, you know, he passed away and when I was young and I think I was 13 or 14 and I around 16 is when I have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And, well, at least for me, like I felt like at 16, I had to make a decision. Like 
I'm going to go to college. Uh, I graduated high school a year early. So I graduated at around 16, 17. So around 16 is when I started to think, well, I'm going to college. What was going to be my major? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I hate science. Mm-hmm. I suck at math. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like English. But uh-huh. then, like, what do you do? Like, you major in English? Mm-hmm. Political English science. Teacher. Political science, you have to know history. And I kind of had to get, not kind of, but I got pulled out during history for ESL. So my history is really bad. I would have to do a lot of catching up. History is interesting. Pol- political science is interesting. English is like, what are you going to do with an English, like, major? What do you do? That's so boring. Like, journalism. Mm-hmm. But at the time, my brain was thinking print, right? Mm-hmm. Like I would write for a newspaper. And I thought, oh my God. And I started kind of, you know, I couldn't Google at the time, but I don't know what I did, but I started thinking about what is a journalism, what does a journalist journalism. do? Uh-huh. What does that mean? And the more I looked into it and I started, I'm like, oh my God, that's so, I was so fascinated by it. So when I went to col- junior college, okay, so when you graduate high school a year early, mm-hmm. you can't apply for a four-year school. Oh. You have to go to a junior college. Mm-hmm. So I, 16, 17, I don't have a driver's license yet. I'm still like going to go get my test or whatever, right? So I go to GCC because I'm living in Glendale mm-hmm. and I would take the bus to GCC. And, and GCC is the Glendale Community Glendale College. Community yeah, college. we have we have... A lot of listeners across the world. Oh, sorry. They don't, they, not all of them are from LA. But sorry, so. GCC is like saying like the White House or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like everybody knows what GCC is. <laughs> all right. So, so um, I, you know, I, I was like, what am I going to do here? Like, junior college, you're bored. Like, it's so easy, you know. Yeah. So I applied to play tennis. Because I was playing in high school. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, oh, maybe I'll play here too. Long story short, I ended up playing for GCC for two years, loving it, team captain, the best time, the best time of my life mm-hmm. at GCC because I was playing tennis. But then I also started working as like the sports announcer. So oh. during like volleyball games and basketball games, mm-hmm. I would announce um, the games. So it was kind of like a step because my coach knew I, journalism was my thing. And mm-hmm. um, so instead of writing for the GCC newspaper, yeah. I was the announcer for the sports, like for the games. Oh, that is so cool. So I guess for me, it was like a, that's the, that was the whole like speaking in front of an audience kind of yeah, intro instead of doing like, um, Newspaper yeah, writing, yeah. 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 And when I got to Cal State Northridge, my last two years, when my when I had to choose, I had to choose: was it PR, mm-hmm. was it communications, mm-hmm. was it print journalism, or was it broadcast? You had to mm-hmm. pick what it was, and um, I chose broadcast because um, that was during the time when things were shifting. Like, were newspapers going to be around? Mm-hmm. Probably not. So what was going to be the future? Oh, internet and television was the future. So I was like, okay, let's go with... And then, of course, like, it's so much easier to... Easier and harder to mm-hmm. write for broadcast. Easier in the sense that for print, you're writing two, three, four pages of article. Mm-hmm. For broadcast, you have to write that in 40 seconds. Wow. So you have to condense yeah. your information into a 40... Like a one-page thing. Yeah. And then... You know, let's say you write a couple of like four sentences, 
one of those sentences is a sound on tape, meaning it's an interview, someone saying something. So it's not even your writing. Yeah. Um, so that's the pros and cons of broadcast journalism. You have to be able to condense it. And I went for broadcast journalism, best decision ever. I loved it. I had the best time. I got 100% in investigative reporting. I'm very proud to say that, so don't mess with me. Wow. I still have my investigative reporting book over there. Um, it was fun. To that. <laughs> Cheers to the 100%. Yes. That, that is like, so once you graduated and you had all this excitement knowledge, what did you want to do and what did you go into? Well, at the time, all, all you do is you apply for jobs in local news stations. But if it was like your ideal, uh, like what I would oh, my dream do, job? your dream job, what would have been? Is mm. it maybe we will slowly get to it by the my, later on in our interview? My but. dream job. And I always thought I would do this. I had no doubt that I was not going to do it was I was going to be a producer at Siena, mm-hmm. which is, I feel like I, I don't know how to say this without sounding mean, but now that I know what it takes to be a producer at CNN, yeah, I feel like I surpassed that because a producer at CNN, it would have been a dead end. Mm-hmm. a dead end job like if I, like I got there and I would have mm-hmm. been like and then what yeah so so whatever so this and this is the interesting thing is like we always have like a dream job but the life takes us to the paths that we don't expect and it contributes so much I was fighting it I was fighting it so hard because in order to um work for CNN their headquarters are in Atlanta Georgia Mm-hmm. I would have to move to Atlanta, yeah. Georgia. And they have a really great program for CNN for students out of college. Mm-hmm. And I applied for the program. My mom had a full-blown meltdown. Yeah. Because imagine, it's like... She would have to move with you. Downtown yeah. Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she didn't let me go. And if I stayed in LA, mm-hmm. my only option was entertainment news Mm -hmm. and i was like i'm a journalist and journalists do not work in entertainment news Mm -hmm. like this is ridiculous i'm never gonna work in entertainment news this is pathetic i'm a journalist i'm a hard-hitting producer i i cover you know at the time like iraq and the president like this is what i'm gonna do like this is important work i have to do like because that's what you're taught in journalism school um so I applied for a producer job, morning producer for, I thought, okay, fine. Not Atlanta. I'll do Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. You know, I can play tennis in Palm Springs. Yeah. Um, I love gay people. Like, it'll be great. So I, I apply and they offered me the job. God, my mom would remember November. I think it was 23000 a year. Mm-hmm. And so my mom drove me to Palm Springs. I did the interview. I got the job offer. Keep in mind... If I took that job, I would have to go to work at 9 p.m. I would get off around 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. So I would sleep during the day. Yeah. I would be eating ramen. Yeah. Um, it's, it's I like would a be nurse, nursing job. I would nice be shoot. away. I would be away from my family, mm-hmm. including my mother, which would have been complete torture. Um, and I would be eating ramen because I, that's all I could afford, afford for twenty-three thousand yeah. dollars or cereal. Yeah. 
And this is what people do. Like, if you yeah. want to go and become a reporter, that's what you do. Like, Aroxia did that. I mm-hmm. think Alina Abovian did that. Like, yeah. these women and men put in a lot of effort to do this. Yeah. So I came back. I was like, I can't. I can't. I can't do it. So KBC Channel 7 News had this uh, intern, like, not internship. Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, like, a out-of-college PA mm-hmm program internship in a way yeah but it's paid like minimum wage minimum wage starting position right so because i had interned at cnbc channel 4 news like um nbc news channel like i had really good internships like i i actually had experience in in a news um in the newsroom i got the job and i got the job and i was like local news is the saddest thing ever. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. I mean, it's when I watch sad. it, I, I don't watch TV. I I, I, I mentioned that local earlier. Local news, and, and the, yeah, the news is like there's there's always only bad stuff. Not only that, but it's like the the people who work there have been there since they were like in the early late twenties, early thirties, yeah. and they're just there. It's like robotic, like same thing same thing Mm -hmm. and they're happy because they have great benefits they have a job that i might as well be dead yeah like that's not for me i mean knowing you (laughs) i can totally see that it's It's not for me it's not it's not for me so then so then um so then what did you decide to do so uh, after doing that for like eight months i said i'm done with journalism i literally i lost hope I lost hope. I was really sad about it. Uh, I'm like, I'm done. So I got a job as a marketing director in some jewelry company. That's fun. First day I walk in, they said, this is your desk. And I said, where's the TV? (laughs) What do you mean, where's the TV? (laughs) You have to understand that from 19 to 22, Mm -hmm. I had been nonstop working CNBC, NBC News Channel, ABC in environments where I'm surrounded by giant TV screens. That's all I know. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I'm playing tennis, I'm announcing for sports, and then I'm CNBC, NBC News Channel, ABK, ABC. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, this is the world I've been in. Yeah. I don't know anything else. And now else. you're in an office. With so now desk. it's this dead space with this desk and this computer. And I'm like, where's the TV? Mm-hmm. And she looks at me. She's like, oh, um, well, me, I can ask the owner. Maybe we can get you like a little TV on your desk. I go, yes, please. I lasted less than two weeks. I <laughs> walked in there and I said, I'm going. But, uh, I said, just know that I have someone for you. Mm -hmm. So like I switched, like I, I offered my childhood friend a job there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I like, so you're like, yeah, I have a perfect person for this. Does she still work there? She still works there. Amazing. So you knew exactly what they wanted. Yeah. And you know exactly what you wanted. Yes. And, um, so the reason why I'm leaving yeah. is because ABC, this girl Bobby was working there. Oh, she's still on TV. No, right? no, 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 no. Or it's a different Bobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was young. She was my age. Mm-hmm. We were 21. Yeah. And uh, Bobby left at KBC and got a job at TMZ. Mm-hmm. And she and she knew that I had put in my two weeks. 
So she called me during that two week transition where I'm leaving ABC, deciding I'm not going to do journalism anymore. Cause that's my, me, I can make decisions. I just go. Yeah. Um, no plan B, plan yeah, A. Yes. Yeah. So I'm at this marketing job for two weeks. Like where's my TV? Mm-hmm. Um, and Bobby calls me and says, I'm at TMZ. I go, I know because that's when, uh, Paris Hilton went to jail. Oh. That's when Britney Spears shaved her head. <laughs> just to kind of give everyone a perspective and where That's we are amazing. in life okay, at this yeah. time. And, uh, cause KBC got the video of Britney Spears shaving her head on that, in that, uh, tattoo parlor on sunset. Mm-hmm. And so TMZ was coming up at that time, launching their website. And they didn't even have the smartphones at that time, right? How did they no. get it on? Uh, I think if I remember correctly, one of the camera guys happened, like got a tip that Britney was there and rushed over. Mm-hmm. I think something like that. Someone in house videotaped yeah. her. In-house. Yeah. And, um, so she says, I'm at TMZ, you know, that you, did you know that they're starting a TV show? I was like, yeah, I heard. And she's like, um, well, they're hiring. Do you want to come? And I was like, never, mm-hmm. I will never work in entertainment news. I'm a hard hitting journalist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will never. This is not the news. I yeah. just, I'm so ridiculous. Yeah. Like thinking back, like who, who do you think you are? No, you little but you know, you had shit. your, <laughs> you had your, you had your ideas and the goals. And that's what I'm saying is like, I, you know, everyone who comes up over out of a school or maybe not necessarily out of the school, but you know, when you work so hard studying, you have your clear vision and Eventually that vision comes to, in some sort of a shape, it comes like, yeah, it happens at the end. But so then you started working at TMZ. I said, no, never. Mm -hmm. So then, um, I loved working when I was little, like I loved working and making money when I was little. Mm -hmm. So I've always had like, by the way, when I'm working at CNBC, I'm working at channel seven. I'm also working at Abercrombie and Fitch mm-hmm. <laughs> because those jobs were internships and they weren't paid or they Hi, were not. See, you're good. Um, and so CNBC and NBC, when I worked there, mm-hmm. do you remember when NBC was going through this like phase where we were like, oh, they're going bankrupt. We're never going to have I'm NBC sure ever I again. I was in the United States at that time. Okay. So there was this thing I was still in Armenia. <laughs> where NBC was basically going to go out of business. They were doing this crazy like... Uh, everyone was getting laid off left and right. And all the producers that I was like being trained with, mm-hmm. um, I would go into internship and it's like, Oh, you know, Sally was laid off. Can you do her job? Mm. And so, because I'm doing her job and they need me, but they can, you know, pay me minimum wage. Yeah, absolutely. Now they're paying me, but because they're paying me, they're hiring me. Mm-hmm. Well, I can on my resume, put it as a job. Absolutely. Yeah. So the rest of my internship for both happened to be that way. Where oh, that's perfect. I ended up working and getting paid. Yeah. So I was, you know, getting paid for my internships. Not a lot. It was minimum wage, but still, but still I mean, still, I was still yeah. getting paid minimum wage at Abercrombie and Fitch. Yeah. So two minimum wage wages together makes for yeah. a good income for a 20, yeah. 20 plus. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I was like, I would never. So what happened was she, Bobby convinced me and said, why don't you try weekends? Mm-hmm. And so my best friend who's not in TV, she's like, I don't even know what she does anymore. Uh, I think she does insurance sales. We were like, okay, on the weekends, we can, we can do a weekend job together. It'd be fun. Mm-hmm. And we started working at TMZ together on the weekends. 
will come to find out, TMZ is looking to hire a second media librarian. Oh, that's exciting. And I didn't know. And long story short, they offered me a contract and a job. Mm -hmm. And I hate this marketing job. There's no TV there. So I was like, fine. I remember I was like, I didn't even negotiate the contract. It was, you know, I was so upset that I'm doing entertainment news and, um, no one told me negotiate your contract. No one told me read your contract. No one said ask for more money. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of part of maybe having an immigrant parent. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm, my- I mean, right now you're telling me I wouldn't have thought about it right now. So, <laughs> so sad. Right now. Yeah. But now, you know, there was an experience yeah. that now, you know, and it shaped you and it yeah. got, gotten you. Because my mom was from the mentality of, oh my God, you take what they offer. Like mm-hmm. someone's offering you something. Yeah. It's like, that's great you're offering me, but let me let me tell you what I need. Yeah. Like if my child gets offered a contract, yeah. where's my lawyer? Yeah. Have the family lawyer read it, negotiate, ask for more, figure mm-hmm. out what else do you want? What do you want out of this? How long are you going to be there for? What's your game plan? Nope. Yeah. It was just, oh, you know, long story short, the point that I, the reason why I keep saying it was so sad that I was in the entertainment news, I was so sad. The point was I went from that to working with Harvey Levin, who was, uh, is a journalist mm-hmm. and a lawyer, um, with his education background, his skill set. Oh, I didn't realize he was a lawyer as well. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Watch TMZ for two minutes. He reminds everyone he's a lawyer. Oh. Um, <laughs> I will. Yeah. He, so basically immediately what I learned was it doesn't matter what you're reporting on. Mm -hmm. The process is the same. You fact check, you ask the questions Mm -hmm. and you put out both sides of the story. Like it, so I was so quick to respect him and understand I'm, I'm around someone whom I can learn so much from. Mm Mm-hmm. And that opportunity immediately, like I was immersed. I was immersed in a second. I was working with comedians who Mm -hmm. are funny. Um, Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of the pros, but there's a lot of the cons of Mm -hmm. working at TMZ. But that's another story. Yeah. (laughs) Well, any any experience, and especially being in that, you know, big the small beginning company and you kind of grew with them, right? You watched that was the best. And and that's the thing. It's like when you start at the beginning and you grow with it, the experience that you gain, it's amazing. That was the best. I think I would give any young person coming out of college is if you could take a job, like that's why I feel like startups are so cool because startups give you the opportunity to kind of like, I remember there were times where we were like, how should we do this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't we just put it on a post-it and then put it on? And that's how we did it. It like worked. You created a system and it worked. That's the best. And sometimes you create a system. It doesn't work. You're like, Oh, let's try something else. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that part. I think that's gotta be one of the most amazing experiences too. Um, especially it's a company that still is going, it's still big and you know, you were part of it and you have contributed and it shaped you, you shaped it also. So it's like a two way. So then after the TMZ, you started the Anna Report. Yes. And how did that start? And why did it start? 
Um, that started because of um, live, like social media doing so live then, shows. Then the, yeah. So yeah. That, that was that, the stage. Yeah. Of, that's all technology, basically. Yeah. All this innovation and technology that's happening mm-hmm. in the world. And I was like, oh, like I can, I can talk to my f- like followers mm-hmm. live and, and I have so much to say and I can engage with them to be able to engage with people around the world is one of my most fulfilling things ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you can put me in a room in a party and I will stand in the corner and not really like mm-hmm. talk to people and yeah. be okay. But online, oh. As long as it's just... So do you think that people now watch less TV and more lives or more... I hope so. Facebook and more Instagram? I would hope so. I personally do. I like. like, I mean, I'm going to say it again. I I don't watch TV, but I am on social media and I watch everything. It's so much more real and entertaining. Yeah, exactly. So so how did you like use all your... um, experience from working for these different big companies into the honor report and and did you use any and was it useful or this is a new uh, new beast that you know you have to learn and apply yeah. new things so looking back at it now i was fearless mm-hmm. because i thought i could do anything yeah, of course you can do anything it was the weird like now i'm like what the hell were you thinking <laughs> like i had i was like oh i'll just I'll just walk into Sammy's and ask them about lighting and they'll teach me. And they did. Yeah. And ask then, and you shall receive. Yeah. Isn't that the I have same? no problem asking. Yeah. So there was this thing like, well, you know, at TMZ, we had a lighting person. We had an audio person. We had an IT guy. We had everyone, right? Yeah. I could just call, hey, can you help me with it? Like, now I'm like, well, who cares? I'll just ask. Mm-hmm. Who do you ask, idiot? <laughs> like, this is a conversation I have with myself. And I didn't realize how hard it was going to be. Um, and if you told me at the time, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. If you told me, Anna, it's going to be hard. I'd be like, you're stupid. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't even believe you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how much convinced I was. Mm-hmm. If you told me it's going to be hard, I would have done it even harder. Yeah. Like, I would have been even more motivated to do yeah. it. Um, but it was really hard. It was hard because... Yes, I'm willing to ask, how does the lighting work? How does the camera work? How does the audio work? But that takes time. It takes time. And if you are not willing to starve literally and figuratively and like just cry and starve, mm-hmm. then you, you're not, it's not for you. <laughs> how, how did you come up with a topic? So... You know, once you figure out all the logistics, how you're going to set up your studio and how you're going to record and do that, how did you figure out the topic of the honor report? I didn't figure out the topic. So a lot of the bloggers who started, uh, they were like, oh, I love makeup. I'm a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I love um, gardening. So I'm going to blog about gardening. I love baking. I love cooking, whatever, right? That mm-hmm. was their thing. So that's what they did. And people who love gardening started following that person who's gardening. Mm-hmm. Mine was different. I stepped away with an audience and I was like, who are you and what do you want from me? Yeah. So I asked them, yeah. I would go live yeah. and I would ask like, what do you guys want to talk about? So it's a funny story. I knew I was going to start going live. I was getting ready, blah, blah, blah. Right. But I didn't know what I was going to talk about. And one day I can't tell you what it was. I was out and I was, 
I don't know how it came up, but I'm like, why don't men change their underwear often? Like, what's the <laughs> deal? And I don't mean, and I don't mean like in a day. Like, I don't mean like they wear the same underwear like three days straight. Like, that's gross. No, I'm saying they like. Let's say in a stack, in a in a in a pack, it comes like you get three boxers, right? Uh-huh. Boxer briefs. Well, they don't get rid of it for like 10, 15 years and like the, and they, and they keep throwing it in the washer and the Mm -hmm. elastic is coming off. There's holes, Mm -hmm. there's skid marks. Sorry. (laughs) And it's disgusting. And I'm like, and it's like sentimental to them. Like they don't want to get rid of it. Like when you try to get like convince them to like, but this was my buddies in Vegas. This was like a memory of like, and it's like, (laughs) they say like the weirdest stuff. (laughs) I'm not attached to my thongs. Yeah. <laughs> like, who cares? <laughs> so, so, so you came up with the... So I came home. Yeah. I grabbed the bottle of whiskey. Mm-hmm. I turned the camera on and I had built this dumb studio in my extra office room, bedroom. Literally spent money on backdrop, a desk, a mic, all this stuff. Yeah. Lighting prepared months for it not months like a month for it i sit there and i whatever i talk about why mendel and immediately i think i had like 700 people watching Mm -hmm. and back then not many people were on periscope like you have to realize like periscope didn't have that many like users right Mm -hmm. so right away 700 people like wow so my second uh show gets sponsored oh right away yeah and it's an organic makeup company line, mm-hmm. and they are offering. They're they're creating this thing for uh, Valentine's Day. So it's like this is just so. I did my first show in November, end yeah. of November, like November November thirty first, I think. So in December, I have my second show, and it's sponsored. And um, their thing is for Valentine's Day. They're offering this thing where guys can upload a picture of their girlfriend mm-hmm. or any woman. And then the organic company will decide, like, okay, this is this is the package. And then they ship, like, a mm-hmm. makeup set for her. Oh, that's cool. Long story short, I started with, like, 200, 300 viewers. And by the end of it, it was my mom and the CEO of the company watching. I'm like, okay, so my audience is men. Yeah. That's that's it. Uh, yeah. Like, that's it's men. So what do I need to talk about? So I decided I need to pick a date, mm-hmm. I, a day of the week time so it's consistent mm-hmm. i chose i did research i did wednesday 6 p.m 9 p.m eastern and um at first we were talking about different current events like beyonce dropped her new album we talked about that we talked about different stuff i was bringing friends on with guests finally i said what do you guys want to talk about because yeah. i realized every time we would talk about it 15 minutes into it we would talk about dating and relationships mm-hmm. the guys wanted to ask about women and um, I said, so should we just make this a dating and relationship mm-hmm. show? And they said, yeah. Yeah. So the Anna report became like dating and relationship advice for men. And I was like, this is going to be uncensored. This is where I'm brutally honest about what I think yeah. when you ask me a question, how I answer. Um, and so I built the website based around, you know, uncensored dating advice for men. Mm-hmm. It's 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 very um, it's very interesting. I have tuned a few times. Um, 
It's very entertaining and it's very interactive. I like how, you know, your um, followers, how they participate. Yeah. And they all like contribute. They have, they feel like safe. They feel like it's a safe environment to share each other's, you know, because sometimes on some programs you go on and you see the comments and some people really get out of hand and, but here it seems like they are, they're They've waiting. all become friends. Uh, yeah, they all exactly. say hi to each other. They all know each other now. That's amazing. That's what oh. I was going to say. It's like they have become this community that, you know, waits, uh, they impatiently waits for you every Wednesday. And yeah. it's, if anyone is, uh, um, uh, interested and you should definitely check out the honor report on Wednesdays. It's, um, it's, I love your topics. It's like, yeah, oh, the, the other day I couldn't stop thinking about, um, uh, you know, a topic that you were talking and then I was messaging you back and forth and then I was like, okay, I need to get busy with something else. You know? <laughs> yeah. But it's so, I mean, that is, I, I love that. It's, it's wonderful. So how then from that, the Armenian report started Yeah, because you were like fully the honor report and then the Armenian report. Yeah. So after TMZ, um, I realized how disconnected I was from the Armenian community for so long. And I always, always secretly wished to be like in the community. Um, like I had friends who went to private Armenian schools and they had their Armenian friends. And I felt like very disconnected from the community. And I always thought that the community was very judgmental, that if I ever tried to make a comeback, that it would... I would be judged or I would kind of be like, who are you? Where have you been? Why are you all of a sudden interested? Mm -hmm. Like I always felt like I would not have a warm welcome, mm -hmm. but that was my, my, um, insecurity because the moment that I had the first opportunity was with, um, the Armenian relief society. Mm -hmm. It's basically the red cross. It's women, it's mm -hmm. Armenian women. They're like moms, they're yeah. older women. They were so welcoming. Mm -hmm. And I emceed their event. Mm -hmm. And that's where I met Adam from Kiyami Wines. Mm -hmm. And everybody was so nice. Yeah. And it immediately, like, it was sad. It's crazy to think because I'm just, I'm like, I'm delusional sometimes mm -hmm. when I think about it. Like, I just assumed they're welcoming. Everyone else is welcoming. And I just, yeah. and it was true though. Yeah. It was true. Like everybody has been so kind. That was my issue to think that, oh, I've been so detached. They're going to judge me and say, who are you all of a sudden yeah. coming back? No. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really, I covered some Armenian stuff at TMZ, but not really. I think I could have done a lot more. But I didn't because I was felt so I didn't know anyone. Yeah. And I'm like, how do I know everyone now all of a sudden? Yeah. But it's hard when you're working 10, 12 hour days to also have a social life. I had no social life. So therefore I didn't know any Armenians in the community. Like yeah. I really didn't. Um until I left. And then mm -hmm. I've been able to really like do what I do best, which is like network and meet people and engage. And so I love what I'm doing now. Um, but the Armenian report to answer yeah. your question started because of the Velvet revolution. Mm -hmm. Um, I which was is almost a year now. Exactly a year. So he started marching March 31, March 30, but we didn't yeah. hear about it until like maybe the first week of April. April yeah. 
Um, and then things really happened around like, I think April 16, 17. Yeah. Um, but the, so I was all always interested in Armenian news mm-hmm. because my mom would keep me up to date, mm-hmm. but I would, you know, as a journalist, I would kind of listen to what she said and that's it. Yeah. When the velvet revolution happened, my mom said, Oh, something's happening again in Armenia. And I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, well, I hope it's safe. You yeah. know, like, but because of Facebook live, yeah. I had a visual yeah. of what was happening. And that's to the genius of Nicole Pashinyan. Because he, what he did was he engaged people like me. I didn't have to be in Armenia to be into it. He was very smart about utilizing social media to get Armenians and the diaspora like myself to be into what was happening. And because he got me into it, I got a whole team of people to get into it as well because there was visuals. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a perfect example, totally off topic, but very relevant. Um, when, what's his name? Mike Tyson. Let's use Mike Tyson. For example, when Mike Tyson beat up his wife or girlfriend, Mm -hmm. there were no pictures Mm -hmm. of her beat up. So we love Mike Tyson. We still think he's a legend. But we hate Chris Brown because we saw pictures of Rihanna, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So because of that visual, we are no longer able to really appreciate Chris Brown anymore because we got... But because we didn't see what Mike Tyson did. Mm-hmm. What was the Tina Turner? Tina Turner? Ike Turner. Yeah. Ike Turner, same thing. Beat the shit out of Tina, but we never saw visuals. Yeah. So Ike Turner is still a legend to our eyes. Yeah. So Hashinian utilized the visuals that is so crucial for us as humans to see what's happening. And that got me hooked. Yeah. That got me hooked. I loved how he did it. Yeah. And that's not to say I believe this politics aside, yeah. whatever, like I don't believe in everything he does. I don't, you know, well, a lot of it I do, but not like politics aside. Yeah. Genius, genius, genius yeah. strategy. He did it right because now I don't feel like I, he, he's, he's made it so inclusive. You're yeah. Armenian, you're in, there's no yeah. diaspora living in yeah, Armenia. Absolutely. And he utilized social media, which I, you know, I'm a huge supporter of anything social media. Yeah. I think, um, it's done. Social media is an amazing tool. So that's what did it. And so what I did was I was like, oh, none of my non-Armenian followers know what's happening in Armenia because it's not on CNN. Mm-hmm. It's not on BBC. It's not. This is initial, like in the beginning when there was a lot happening. But we didn't see that. We didn't see yeah, it. We didn't. Sure. After later on, oh, yes, yeah. everyone yeah. started, everyone jumped on the bandwagon. Of but in the, be- in the beginning, no one was covering it. So... I started posting it on my social media and it created a huge buzz. I thought it would be for the, my non-Armenian followers, but all of a sudden I'm getting all these Armenian people, like young Armenian people following mm-hmm. me. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, I thought I just cared. Oh no, mm-hmm. they care too. There's like a whole team of people who care just as much as I do. I'm not alone. Which, which is, which would be my next question is what is your, because it seems like your information is so, 
the Armenian report is done in a such a great way that it appeals to my thinking to older and younger people. Is that the case? Like, what is your demographics? Who are, who who are the viewers? I mean, of the the Armenian report. My demo is English speaking, mm-hmm. so um, you have to. Even even though I understand Armenian, I still have a really hard time understanding a lot of the politics, like the words, the verbiage, the meaning. Mm-hmm. Why did they say it like that? What does that mean? So you're not only translating it exactly, but mm-hmm. you're also translating into like a different humor, culture, mm-hmm. uh, example, like, oh, you know, this, like you're, you're using examples of like the American politics, like this guy is basically this guy in America, yeah. you know, like yeah. when this, like, this is this, like, or humor, like the, like, I, I, I so like, appreciate the humor. Use. Yeah. I so appreciate the humor and, uh, you have, you have posted, yes, about the Tsarukyan and his, uh, party. <laughs> she's, she's what the assistant or she's the deputy director. Something. She, she's not an assistant. She's it's, up there. It's it's like you're you're giving the story, but then within the story it is so funny. And is, do you have it in your uh, saved in your? Yes, um, it's in my highlights. It's yeah. in your highlights. Just the thing is that you know <laughs> this woman is losing her shoe, and then there is a commotion. There is a I don't know what's going on, and everybody stops, and everyone is looking for her shoe. But here's but the meanwhile thing. you are giving also. The serious part yes. of the story. So that's 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 what I, I love. That's that's what yeah. like my favorite part of it. But you have to also realize Armenian news when they report on it, there's like there's no humor behind. Like they don't understand the, the American humor yeah. behind Nara losing her shoe in the middle of that chaos. Yeah. I'm sorry. Why are you in the middle of that? This is exactly why Armenian men say, <laughs> if you're going to go, wear your Doc Martens, lady. Yeah. You know, battle it out. Like, if you're going to go in the middle of that chaos, yeah. be ready for battle. Yeah. And she's, like, losing her shoe in the middle. Like, and yeah. all these news reports, like, reporting it, like, yasiminchan, you know, lost like, her lost shoe. her shoe. And I'm like, no one thinks this is ridiculously yeah. funny. It's hilarious. But we do. Yeah. And that's what makes the Armenian report different because you're finding these funny moments, these unique moments that otherwise it would be lost if you watched Armenian news. You watched exactly. And that's why, you know, going back to your demographics, I feel like, you know, I want to watch you and that's, that's all my Armenian news I get from you. Um, because it's not boring. You get the, you get the, is important information, but you also end up laughing and that makes you remember it. You know, just like oh, the story true. with the bus drivers. Oh my God. I've, I, until now I laugh. <laughs> it's, it's just so funny. I mean, it's, it's serious. It's valid. It's sad. It's, it's hilarious. Story, but yeah. it's funny. Yeah. But yeah. I remember like now, or I wouldn't like if I saw on the regular news, uh, like a bus, you know, the, the, the issue with the bus drivers and stuff, I wouldn't even like stop to hear, you know, what's going on, you know, what's happening, but because (laughs) you have made it, it's, I love it. 
Yeah. It's, it's, you have to make, and there are a lot of stories that are actually really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, like I'll give you an example. For example, the April one, everyone yesterday was April one and they were all remembering the victims of Mm -hmm. the April one, 2016 when, uh, Azerbaijan attacked. Right. And I searched high and low to figure out how to tell this story. And I realized there was, you know, there was nothing. Mm -hmm. There was nothing other than let's just remember the victims of, but at the same time, I thought Armenia is in the middle of a war. Like this is ongoing. There's, there's nothing funny to tell and there's nothing like, you know, if I, if I told the story, I would have to be like the sad, long winded story. Mm -hmm. Right. But then there's, and then what? Mm -hmm. Yes, it was were, it happened. Yeah. We got attacked. We're going to get attacked again, probably because we're in the middle of a war and we're going to attack and something has to happen. So I find it's like, and then what? Mm -hmm. Like, and then what? Yeah. But I I need that because I, if I need it, I feel like that's what my Armenians who don't live in Armenia need it as well. Like, Give me more. Exactly. So that's that. I was going to ask you, how do you choose? Because there is so much information. So how much. do you choose exactly what to uh, report? And and again, besides the serious and funny moments, you have a lot of other stories which are so inspirational. But yeah. we can talk about it. So so how do you choose your um, topics? What to report on per day or per week very very picky because Mm -hmm. they go in stories so i know that i can't have a lot of stories because i'm gonna lose you yeah my audience so i have to be very particular about what stories i share um and it all basically boils down to what i find interesting Mm -hmm. and that's been working and the feel-good stories are great because good stories yeah the feel good stories are great because it it kind it in between a lot of the there's a lot of change happening in Armenia and it's going to take a lot of time absolutely and everyone's so impatient it's going to take oh. minimum 10 years right yeah so in between let's talk about the success stories that are helping shape Armenia towards that direction mm-hmm. that's why the the feel good stories are so important because when i post a negative a lot of people comment and say oh my god i'm losing all hope I'm yeah. losing all faith in my people. And yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Don't. There are really good Armenians doing really good work in Armenia and outside of Armenia. Let's focus on the good. Exactly. Because there's always going to be the bad. And there's actually a lot of really bad stories that happen where I don't even give them time of day. Yeah, I don't because, even want to give yeah. them the time. Like, why should I spend my time working mm. on your shitty behavior yeah. on your own people? Yeah. Shame on you. Yeah. I'm not going to give you the time of day and the publicity. Exactly. Yeah. Because you're you're helping them. I mean, exactly. You're public- publicizing them. Yeah. I also have yeah. seen you um, uh, when you, you know, help promote the organizations that are close to you like to your to your heart like the story of uh the gala that was passed uh, thursday so um thank you for asking i had to do a lot of thinking about how am i going to monetize the armenian report Mm -hmm. in order 
to continue delivering because there's a need for it. Because when I stopped doing it, before I created the Armenian Report, revolution ended, I stopped. And people kept messaging me asking for more. And Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, if I create the Armenian Report, which I'm very happy to do, I would love to do it, let's do it. How am I going to monetize? Here were my options. I can do it like NPR, where I get people to donate Mm -hmm. in order to fund this the armenian report so let's say you're like i'm willing to give five dollars a month a one dollar a month let's say i really don't want to use an example a specific example but let's say a very famous armenian owned family company business Mm -hmm. says we are going to give you two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. okay we love the work you're doing here you go let's say the armenian report is non-profit here you go here's money do your thing and then a year down the line that family the husband and the brother whatever kills someone (laughs) okay yeah and i'm told i can't report on that Mm -hmm. well that goes against everything in my journalism ethics yeah i can't do that i can't take your money and agree to not report on you or cover up your shit yeah i can't so that's not gonna work So I decided the only way I'm going to make money is if I, and and this all came, okay, so December 2018, uh, Crate and Barrel had Armenian-made Christmas ornaments. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah, Aram Sharambians. Yes. So I posted about it, and so many people were excited, and they said they ordered it, and they loved it. They're like, do you know other Armenian-made or Armenian-owned brands? Mm -hmm. We want to support it. Yeah, And I thought, this is it. I'm going to introduce you to Armenian brands, things, anything Armenian-related mm-hmm. that I do my research and I support. And I'm going to... So they're going to pay for an ad mm-hmm. that I'm going to introduce to my audience. And so everyone's winning. The audience is meeting Armenian-owned brands and companies and events and whatnot. The Armenian report is being uh, um, funded, Funded. Mm -hmm. and these Armenian brands are getting in front of a very niche audience. That's perfect. So I'm like, this is it. And it's been working really, 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 really great because I'm meeting so many really cool Armenian brands that I didn't even know existed. And so I'm meeting them. I'm I'm seeing their product. For example, that organization, that event, Mm -hmm. I love the work that they're doing. I do not believe in taking money and handing it to people like they're homeless. They need to be provided with skills and help to work. It's not sustainable. Just giving them the money. If there's an episode of Adam ruins everything where he explains how giving homeless people money is not the way to do it and there's a whole thing you can watch it for yourself it's on demand but um that's what this organization did and so when i learned about them and i saw their success stories i was like yes yeah yes and it was a win-win i told their story yeah my audience didn't know it was an ad i told the i told them i said i'm not gonna just post a flyer yeah you have to tell me a story I have to share a story that has, this has to be organic storytelling. This can't be like an ad I'm shoving down their throat. And and even in products, like I'm working with a product company right now. I said, it's not about, hey, buy their shampoo because they're owned by Armenians. Why? Why your shampoo? Teach me 
why your shampoo is better. Teach me about hair, skin. Teach me so I can teach them. So everyone's winning. I want everyone to win in this. And that takes time to put these together and all that. And rightfully so, you know, so that's the, that's how the Armenian report is making money. That's amazing. I love it. It's, it is looking again at that company. uh, I was, every story that I watched, you know, these women working hard and baking and doing knitting. It's like, and they say that uh, because of this income and because of the support, they don't want the government uh, uh, funding anymore. Yeah. They want to like refuse they're, that they're, and be independent. And that's amazing. And that's I what I have goosebumps. Yeah. But Im- so imagine if I had just posted their flyer. No, it wouldn't done nothing. 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 And that's why. And, and that's why I said again. You know, I follow you and I watch all that because it's it makes me feel good. It makes me proud and it's also um encourages me to do more you know when i look at those yeah, people I you know, know what they do it's like with nothing I do yeah more. with yeah. so little they do i want so to much. go get do this i want to do that i mean i can't exactly. do everything but exactly um so that's why i tell brands when they reach out i say you have to be willing to put in the work because you have i have to be able to educate and engage my viewers in or this can't be like an ad I don't want it to feel like an ad. Like we have to teach them. We have to educate them, inform them, entertain them mm-hmm. somehow. So it doesn't feel like an ad because yeah. then everyone's winning because it's more impactful. It's true. It's, it's so much more impactful. Yeah. So where do you see the Armenian report? Because I just see it's like it started from a, you know, small snowball and it's like getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I don't want it to stop. I just want it to keep going. And I'm sure you have a vision for it. Yeah. What Um, is your vision? My vision is um, to obviously not stop with the news. That's like really important. That's on the daily um, to stay connected and stay relevant with what's happening in Armenia. Um, And, you know, Nicole Pashinian has really helped me in that sense where he, I can't remember his exact words, but he was basically, I think it was in Iran when he was, he visited Iran. He said this, he said, there's no Armenia. There's no Armenian. Like, Oh, if you're Armenian living in Armenia, we're all Armenian. So for me, the Armenian report is very inclusive. I want it to be the same way. I want people to contribute to the Armenian report Um, I want everyone to feel like they have a part in the Armenian report Mm -hmm. Um, because then it also takes the pressure off of me as well. Like I don't know everything and I'm not going to claim to know everything because I don't. So if I don't know something, I want to be able to ask the community and then someone finds out and then they get a shout out for contributing Contributing, to the story and so now so let's let's give let's give you an example right like if i have like a oh what is this wine and then you pitch in i'm Mm. like well you know anush and i tag you so now people who like wine who are armenian are gonna follow you and so everyone is connecting and that's important to me yeah and that's what i want the armenian report to do um and then, of course, like, I just, it's it's a lot of work. And I wish to have a team, mm-hmm. uh, a team of people that I trust, 
that have the same vision as me, who believe in the same vision as me, who are not uh, selfish, who are willing to just kind of welcome every idea and opportunity and not be like, I'm going to do it myself or, you know, I don't want that selfish attitude. And um, it's like, be humble and say, I don't know. Yeah. Say, I didn't know that, but I learned that now. Mm-hmm. I, that's the kind of people that I want to surround myself around and have a team where we can, um, you know, have these live podcasts. Like the way you said you, I, you love the way I engage on the Anna report, right? Yeah. Imagine if we did that with a community online, everyone from the comfort of their home. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go to an event. You don't have to dress up. You don't have to makeup on in your lashes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> only you. You can be in the you comfort the of your home. Yeah. I know. Yeah. But I do it once a week, so I'm good. Yeah. I usually like to go out Wednesday nights because I have makeup on. Yeah. <laughs> but um, imagine if we did that on a live platform mm-hmm. and we had very important conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, this one girl reached out about, um, shoot, what's the word? infertility mm-hmm. and how a lot of Armenian couples, you know, suffer with infertility and like the journey, like, and so having professional doctors on mm-hmm. to talk about it. And then you have women and the husbands and on the live asking questions and having a very open conversation, or we can talk about domestic violence yeah. in our culture, just really interesting yeah. conversation. That's, pertaining to the Armenian community um, on a live platform. That would be amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's going to come soon. Yeah, that's going to require a team. Like, team. because, you know, you have to make sure your technology, if some, there's a glitch, who's going to fix it, and the camera and the light. Like, there's a lot involved. Because mm-hmm. when you bring on you know, prominent people in the community, you have to make sure that they're taken care of. Like who's the team that going to be with the guest in, I don't know where, maybe they're in Boston, maybe yeah. they're in Poland. Like you have to have access to people that can be there with the guests to make sure they're taken care of because everything is done remote. Yeah. So how can the listeners help for your vision to come true? Like who, if someone is listening and saying, okay, I really want Anna to continue with the Armenian report and, you know, go to the next step. So what can they do? Two things. Two, okay. <laughs> Three things. Three things. Now, as many. <laughs> um, number one, mm-hmm. uh, following and supporting it is crucial because the, the, the number the number of followers on social media is important. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. It's important because... To do certain things, right? Logistical things. Like yes. Yeah. Like, you know, like you want as many people to know. You want the community to, to be as as large because the bigger it is, the more impactful it is. Yeah. Um, granted, right now, it's not as big, but it's so loyal. So I love that. I don't want, I don't, I would much rather have it be small and loyal than really big and not loyal. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to go for really big and have a really shitty audience at the same time. Right. Um, but with that, with the Anna report, I have 85,000 followers and everyone is so supportive. So because I have that, I'm like, I can get to 85K and have a loyal Armenian following, like no problem. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to do that. 
been there, done that. I can do it for the Armenian report. That's my vision, right? So let's get to 85K, please. <laughs> Just um, Instagram and Facebook or in which one? Both? Yeah, it's uh, so a lot of people don't have Facebook anymore. So um, it's very important to upload a lot of the content on YouTube as well, the mm -hmm. video content. So it's really important to do YouTube as well. So Instagram, the Armenian Report, Facebook, the Armenian Report, and, and YouTube, YouTube is again yeah. the Armenian Report. Yeah. Okay, guys, and go subscribe right now. Yeah, and I made it private. Because the YouTube, you made it YouTube. No, private? no, the Instagram account where all the news, daily news is. I made it private because I was testing it. You know, you like when you're a business, you try different strategies. Like that's part of like, you have to, if something's not working. You switch it. You try something new. And I noticed when I'm private, I get more followers mm -hmm. and it blocks off the Turks and the Azeri. Um, oh yeah. We didn't. I, it blocks them. Yeah. So, um, sure. You know, you don't, you don't want it to have, be a private account. You want it to be a public account. But if I have to keep it private to get people to be loyal subscribers, yeah. well, there we are. Yeah. It's working for now. Okay. So for now, it's private. If you so want to follow, can, you have to request so it. So they can follow, request it. What else they can do? So the other thing is the, um, the advertising. The advertising is so important because I'm constantly looking for... Um, Armenian brands who can support the Armenian report. Mm -hmm. And it's not even just the supporting, but I want to be able to introduce different brands to the Armenian viewers. Like, you know, whether you're a skincare line, thank you. We're drinking somewhere, by the way. We are. <laughs> Am I starting to slip my words? I have the wine segment. We, we, we <laughs> talked about wine, but we have to um, drink wine. <laughs> um, Supporting, I want to introduce more Armenian-owned companies to the audience. Yeah. So I want them to come forward. Yeah, I want them to say, you know, like for example, like this is a very obvious one: makeup lines. I'm already buying concealer yeah. for the guys who are listening who don't know concealer is the stuff you we put under our eyes. Um, you know, I'm already going to buy the wrinkly parts of the skin <laughs> when you are like over thirty-five. <laughs> Yes. So we put this stuff under, yeah. like concealer is that, right? It so, conceals. <laughs> it conceals under your eyes. Um, so I'm, I'm already buying concealer, but looking at my makeup bag, none of my concealers are owned by an Armenian woman. Mm -hmm. And there's so or many, well, there's so many Armenian owned, um, makeup lines they're all they're all women right now i, that see, I, know. I see yeah in the united states yeah. Yeah. yeah but like none of them are owned by and are and, and sometimes i'm like why mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. it's the same thing yeah it's like it's the same factory same whatever yeah it's just the label is you know mm -hmm. and then the money goes to her why wouldn't i support the concealer that an Armenian girl made mm -hmm. and by NARS, that's a corporate company like brand. Yeah. Why am I doing that? Mm. So I made the decision yeah. after I'm done with my NARS concealer, mm -hmm. I'm buying Elsie. Yeah. I'm going to support Lilith. Mm -hmm. Why not? Why not? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I saw something the other day on somebody's page, which says, support your friend or in this case your fellow armenian 
as if you would support a famous person whom you have never met. Yeah. You know, where did you I send that to me? I like that. It's uh, I, I need to go back and find it, but but it gave me this thought exactly. It's like, why do you have to support so and so and buy their makeup because they're so famous? But at the same time, if there is an Armenian uh, girl or two or three. Uh, who make equally good stuff, why not buy them from them? Exactly. Why not support them? If, like, you know, I use concealer, but, like, there's, let's say, eyeshadow, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I bought this eyeshadow that that color, I haven't seen any other. That's fine. Yeah. I'm not saying, like, but, like, a concealer, yeah. like, come on, or foundation, like, who cares? It's made in the same lab, probably. Yeah. Same Chinese factory is yeah. making it, pumping it out. Come yeah. on. They're just putting a different label on it. Um, so why not? So what? Like, so that's my thought process nowadays. And because that, so because that's my thought process, my thing is, cool. I want to introduce these Armenian-owned brands to my viewers because then I'm meeting them. Like, for example, there's this organic makeup, uh, not makeup, organic skincare line that I met through a friend from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I was like, is this Armenian? Mm-hmm. And she was like, yes, they're like you from Glendale. <laughs> and, but you met them through a friend who lives in Wisconsin. Because Zatik era, Anuna. Uh-huh. Yeah, Zatik, yeah. So I was like, that's Armenian. Mm-hmm. I was like, are she? She said, yeah. Long story short, I'm so happy to have met them. Mm-hmm. I love their skincare products. And I'm like, now I have to try. Where have they been my whole life? Yeah. So now I'm excited. So yeah. I'm so now I'm so excited mm-hmm. that I'm like, okay, if I love the wine, if I love the skincare products, if I'm sure the concealer from Lolit is gonna be wonderful too. Amazing. I haven't tried yeah. it yet. Um why? Yeah. I'm already spending the money. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree, and it's so I'm so happy that you're like voicing that and saying that encouraging you know the listeners to do the same because let me tell you uh, let me tell you how this is gonna i'm giving these brands the benefit of the doubt okay god forbid i'm giving the benefit of the doubt let's say i buy let's say the armenian report or me i support the skincare line Mm -hmm. i support lilith i support this wine company and then i get you to support it now this skincare company is growing they're financially doing really well lilit is doing really well this wine company is doing well god forbid azerbaijan attacks armenia so we now we need to pump out a lot of money Mm -hmm. to buy a lot of weapons for these soldiers guess what lilit's gonna say i contributed a thousand dollars in 2016 Mm -hmm. i can contribute ten thousand now Skincare company is going to say, our company is doing really well now. I'm going to contribute X amount and X amount. And that's how you grow your military, which is so important. So you have to think ahead. And I'm not saying the skincare company is going to open their pockets and deliver. They Mm -hmm. may or they may not. But I'm going to give them... probably they will. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. That's all I can do. Yeah. That's all I can do. If they see the support from the community, they will be eager to support the it's community. It's not even it's, it's like goes that, but, but if they have it, if they're financial, like if yeah. someone came to me right now and said, can you, sup- 
Banchunam. Like mm-hmm. I don't have anything. But if you support me and I and the Armenian report has money, mm-hmm. you best believe I'm supporting it. Everyone in yeah. every way, shape, and form. But I gotta get there. Yeah. I can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. My cup has to be full in order for me to fill. So I need to fill Lilith's cup. I need to fill the, her cup and their cup and everyone's cup. Mm-hmm. So then everyone can yeah. fill into each other. So that's what I want to do with the Armenian report. I want to introduce everyone to different Armenian brands because they genuinely don't know. You didn't yeah. know about Zatik. I didn't. I didn't know yeah. about Zatik. My rosacea has cleared up ever since I started using their oils. And you don't need to use this fancy companies that uh, for every three months they charge certain amount of money and it's like they're making millions and billions of mm-hmm. dollars, but you can go with a low, I mean, I don't And they're organic. Exactly. 100% and, I mean, clean, and, yeah, organic. And, uh, Armenian owned. Armenian and they just happen to be Armenian owned because her husband is a scientific genius. Mm-hmm. That word, so are we like taking for granted? That we have this genius in our community who's making products that I don't have to spend my left arm for for on an oil yeah. that actually help Helps my skin you. condition. Well, Anna, you are amazing. <laughs> I am so happy that, that I met you because, I mean, your enthusiasm, your drive, your passion, your wit, your smarts, it's, 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 it's very, um, I mean... The, the, our program is called Armenia Proud, and we're very proud of you. Thank so you. So you are an Armenian <laughs> who makes us proud. Likewise, you too. Thank you for um, having me today in your beautiful home. Thank you for the lunch. Thanks for Cheers coming. Thank to, you for this drink. For, so good. <laughs> so to the success of the Armenian Report, you guys subscribe, follow. You're going to have the best um, news delivered to you on your phone Daily, weekly, however, and, um, you know, for Thank Anna. You. Thank you, Anna. Thank you so much for having me. I love, I just love always chatting with you and learning about wine and Continue. meeting so many interesting people through you. So thank you. This thank is you awesome. very much. Thank you. All right. All right. That was a, that was a nice interview, man. That was great. And, and you know what? It's, it's great how they just got along and, uh, it, it was they were clicking. Anna's yeah. just doing a great job. Yeah, I've watched some of uh, Anna's uh, uh, videos, and uh, I don't know. She she's such a lively character. So it's it's it was cool to see her interactions with Anush. So well, uh, vice versa as well. Anush, uh, I mean, she's really picked it up. She's yeah. really picked it up, and then we couldn't be any prouder to have Anush on board on the Armenia Proud. Thank you so much, Anush, and thank you, folks out there, for tuning in and listening to our show. And uh, check us out next time. And they can go to our website, too, at uh, armeniaproud.com. Yep. And you guys, uh, whatever, you know, if it's on the right-hand side, you got the Amazon. Click on Amazon. Shop away. Uh, our, our show gets a little bit of love back from Amazon. By the way, did you see the little love Amazon gave on that divorce case? Oh, God, yeah. Jesus Christ. She got $35 billion. Yeah, 25% of his total holdings. And, and they're happy together. I mean, they're still happy. Uh, yeah, well, that, she you, should be very happy now. Well, I mean, come on. She worked her butt off, too. I think she was part of that Amazon scene as well. Yes, she was. So, in any case, uh, I don't know how we switched over to that. Genatsa Kishir Party. We'll see you next time. Tune in next week for another episode of A Toast to Armenia with Jano Kabinjian. 
Find the show online at ArmeniaProud.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and all major podcast outlets. Join the conversation at Facebook.com slash ArmeniaProud or Twitter at ArmeniaProud. Get all of our podcasts now at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.